You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Steph. And today I am joined here with a very special guest, Tracy Sandler of, well, her own company, first of all, Fangirl Sports Network. She is a beat writer for the 49ers doing very big things. How are you doing today, Tracy? I am good. And by the way, that intro is spectacular. I was like, oh, this (laughs) is very cool, but it was amazing. Uh, But I am doing well. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. An exciting training camp starts soon. So it's a good day. Yes, yes. We are one week away from 49ers training camp. In fact, this time next week, we'll already be talking about the first day of training camp, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into some of the you know latest 49ers news, because as we know, there's always a little bit of that. Today, the oh, 49ers always. have signed uh, former Arizona Cardinals first round pick defensive tackle Robert Kimdichie. Um, shout out to Brad, first of all, Brad of the SF Niners for that scoop. He's the best. He's, he's just <laughs> the best of us. Um, and so Kim Dietschy, he, he most recently spent some time with the Seattle Seahawks last season and, uh, this defensive line depth knows no bounds. Like they add another, what, what do you think about this signing? I mean, I figure like this close to training camp, it's probably doesn't mean too much, right? Probably not, but I will say, like you said, this depth knows no bounds, and the defensive line may be the strongest part of this team, to be honest with you. There really is so much depth there, and they're being really smart about it, and of course, getting close to training camp. Also, taking a little bit of a page from the Seahawks playbook, former Cardinal, former Seahawk, so doesn't hurt to have somebody with some mm-hmm. NFC West knowledge uh, on the squad to start out training camp, but What they've done with this line and the depth of this line has been pretty impressive. And one of the things that we'll be keeping a close eye on in this training camp is who's going to be opposite Nick Bosa. I I don't necessarily know that it's going to be today's signing, but hey, I've been surprised before and I could be surprised today again. But I do think that's going to be, you know, one of the interesting things to watch in camp. But this line, you said it, the depth knows no bounds. And it's been cool to really watch how this defensive line has developed and become the strength of this team. Absolutely. Chris Kosrich gets what he wants. He deserves it, honestly. I mean, give him all the defensive linemen. We don't care at this point. Um, uh, But the second bit of news and probably the biggest of the day is this Jimmy Garoppolo news. I mean, we heard first, let's talk about, you know, what Ian Rappaport said yesterday. I have the, the tweet up here. Um, He pretty much said that Garoppolo had met with a doctor, his, um, you know, rehab from surgery was progressing well. Mm -hmm. And the expectation is that he'd be fully cleared mid August. So that's quite a while from where we are now. Right. I mean, it's Uh July 20th, mid August. That's a lot. Um, But today, Adam Schefter said that Garoppolo has been cleared to start practicing and he's the 49ers have given his agents permission to seek a trade. So kind of like opposite things going on there, at least in terms of, you know, the, when he'd be cleared, Um, you know, so what, what do you think is happening here? (laughs) Well, first of all, the permission to seek a trade news is interesting to me just because at the owners meetings at the end of March, John Lynch was pretty open and pretty clear in saying that, 
there had been conversations about a trade. They hadn't had any concrete offers. He did say that, but there have been conversations. Jimmy had the shoulder surgery that slowed trade talks. And of course, teams were then reticent to trade for a quarterback who just had surgery on his throwing arm. But it, the the implication and kind of everything they said felt as if there'd already been permission to seek a trade. So it was kind of an interesting piece of news. I do understand, and I tweeted this earlier, I understand why the 49ers would want it out there now. We are now getting closer to training camp. We are closer to him being able to throw. Both of them saying, you know, Ian Rappaport saying mid-July, Adam Schefter saying he's clear to start practicing. So I can understand why this news is out there now. We are less than a week before they report. Perhaps the 49ers are hoping to get a trade done before that time. And at this point, I now would not be particularly surprised if there was a trade done before Tuesday. Wow. And that's just, that's speculation. That is not a report. That is not inside Mm -hmm. information. I just think my feeling is, and in my time covering the NFL, as these things start to trickle out closer and closer to training camp, there is a reason. Uh, but there's also another part of me that thinks Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be on this team till the end of time. <laughs> so I'm well, I almost like, that. like Dante Johnson. He's the new Dante Johnson. Yes, he'll he'll be released and re-signed. In, I hope there's a 30 for 30 on Dante Johnson. And I mean, he's <laughs> such an incredible part of that, the, the, the secondary, and he's become integral to them. But there needs to be a 30 for 30 on the number of times he's been released and re-signed from this team. It, it's really pretty incredible. You know, looking at these two different tweets from, you know, two different reporters from two different networks like I can't help but feel like like the best way I can describe it is like it's almost like you know Don Yee and the 49ers are like subtweeting each other through these like you know media guys um because there's theories that you know Don Yee is speaking through Rappaport and the 49ers are speaking through Schefter on this and like you can kind of see it like just based on you know, what's being said. Curious to know what you think about that. Like, do you think they're, they're trying to set the record straight in a way? I don't know about that. I do think each side is trying to put themselves in the best position to get what they want and need. And I think ultimately the sides really aren't very far apart on what they want and need on March 26, 2021, the 49ers bait traded all those picks to pick their franchise quarterback of the future. We really knew that day that this last season was Jimmy Garoppolo's last season in San Francisco. So at this point, everybody wants Jimmy to move on. You know, when Jimmy did his farewell press conference, I actually asked him, I said, you know, as much as you've enjoyed your time here, as hard as it's going to be to leave your teammates, is there something to be said for a fresh start and not another year of Jimmy V. Trey, Jimmy V. Trey? And he said, absolutely. And I think the team's been really clear on what they want to do. They even if they're not flat out saying it, their actions are showing that Trey Lance really is QB1 this season. So I don't think the teams are all that far apart on what they want. I just think probably both sides are putting out the messaging they need to get there, but ultimately everybody wants to train. I mean Jimmy Garoppolo is not interested and this again is not inside information. This is just feels commonsensical. I don't think he wants to be Trey Lance's backup quarterback and the 49ers cannot carry a $25 million backup. So, and I don't think it's good for anybody. I've been saying this for months. It's bad for everyone involved. It's not good for the Niners. It's not good for Trey Lance. It's not good for Jimmy Garoppolo. So that's why I feel like at this point, it's everybody doing what they need to do 
to get what they want done. Will it get done by next Tuesday? Who knows? I do think it behooves everybody. But the question is, is he really totally cleared? And can he start practicing? So teams can teams take a look at him? Or is it mid-August? And that's going to be the big thing. So those are kind of my thoughts there. Yeah. And, and to go along with that, so if he's cleared, you mm-hmm. would think, you know, maybe – he can practice. Will he show up to 49ers training camp and participate in any capacity? My guess would be no. And I do think the 49ers have the benefit of being able to say, they could say, you know, Jimmy's been throwing where he's been rehabbing. He's been doing well in Southern California. We didn't really want to mess with his progress. So we've excused Jimmy from practice. I mean, they do kind of have the benefit of being able to do that. Should he still be on the roster next week? Because I think the last thing the team wants is training camp to open and every camera to pick up <laughs> Jimmy and Trey next to each other throwing and who's getting first team reps. I and mean, we know who's going to get first team reps, you know, or, and I think the last thing Jimmy can Jimmy's camp wants is all these pictures and videos of Jimmy on a side throwing. So I, I don't think, That really behooves anybody. I have to say from a content and entertainment perspective, (laughs) the visuals of all of that are spectacular. I just don't think either side is going to want it. I agree. And also like the the aspect of another potential injury, like that would just be worst case scenario for both sides. So I think keep them far away from training camp um, is the best case scenario. And hopefully they can get a deal done soon. You think is something might may happen as soon as next week. And, you know, you mentioned that that's not really, that's just a hunch or just a, that's just a hunch. That's just a, it's not even, it's really, it's not a report. It's just that I think for both sides, that would be the benefit. Now, of course, the question would become the the doubt or not the downside the the uh, flaw in my thought process mm-hmm. is there aren't that many places for him to go anymore. That's so, what I was going to ask you. <laughs> so therefore, it becomes a little bit different. So now it would mean the Texans were all in. It mm-hmm. might mean the Browns got news on whether or not Deshaun Watson would be suspended and for how long. I mean. If Deshaun Watson is suspended for an entire season, I think it behooves the Cleveland Browns to get Jimmy Garoppolo on that roster. If Deshaun Watson is suspended for only two to eight games, which I would find very upsetting if that was it, but that is a whole other discussion and situation, I don't think it benefits the Browns or Jimmy Garoppolo to go to Cleveland. So There's that. Then, of course, the 49ers are probably not trading him to the Seattle Seahawks. So, you know, I just it this is like been the the great mystery of the offseason, except it's not that mysterious as to why it happened. So many things happen in the quarterback market that we just didn't see coming, which I don't think the 49ers saw coming. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo saw coming. Uh, The surgery, of course, being one of them. Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson living, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz. There were so yeah. many things that happened in this offseason that on March 26, 2021, no one could have predicted and certainly couldn't have predicted that all of those things were going to happen at once. And that is why I think we're in the position we're in. Or they're yeah, in the position I, they're in. I mean, yeah, you said it. Like, it kind of became a worst-case scenario for the 49ers. Like, all of those unexpected Mm -hmm. things happened. Yeah, and Jimmy. Um, But let's talk about 
the other quarterback in this situation? I mean, we mentioned Trey Lance a little bit ago, and I really do feel like even though we did already know that Jimmy Garoppolo had permission to seek a trade previously before today, um, I, I think this official report, like, I don't know, there's something about it that just makes me feel like, okay, it's Trey Lance time. And 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 any any doubt or any feeling that some some people did have that, oh, they're keeping Jimmy Garoppolo because they don't trust Trey Lance, all of that finally died, I feel like, with you know, this report. And I mean, it'll, it'll be dead for sure when he gets traded, but curious to know your thoughts about, you know, people saying that Trey Lance or the 49ers don't trust Trey Lance, all of this arm fatigue talk, like all of these negative, you know, reports and little tidbits that are, people are putting out about Trey Lance and you have, you know, seen Trey Lance in press conferences, you've, you've seen him, you know, throw and, and be around the team. And so given that, like, and, and hearing what other people have to say about him, do those correlate at all? Like what, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm going to start with something John Lynch said at the letters to 87 event this past June. And he was interviewed by Matt Mayoka and Laura Britt and John said something that I thought was really honest and true. He said, everybody wants to know, can he do it? Is he the guy? Will he be the franchise quarterback? And John Lynch said, I don't know. I mean, you know, he said, we don't know yet. Not that, and he didn't mean like they weren't prepared. They think so, but none of us really know. I would say from what I've seen, yes, I think he's the guy. I think 49ers fans have to be a little bit measured in their expectations. I think he's going to do really well. I think he is, he is in a position that actually John Lynch said this when they, when they drafted Trey, very rarely is a number three pick come into a team that's ready to win. And that's a, that's a winning roster. And he did that. And he came in last year and really had the benefit of sitting behind Jimmy Garoppolo. He didn't have that pressure. He got to see what it was like for a team to go through a tremendous amount of adversity and then end up in the NFC championship game. He got to see all of that. He got to see Jimmy Garoppolo battle through injuries and then continue to play. He got a little experience starting. So in some ways for him, it was an ideal season. So as we go into this next season, I think Trey Lance has all the tools that excited them about Trey Lance to begin with. I have not seen arm fatigue in practice. That being said, I'm on the sideline watching a practice. I am by no means an arm fatigue expert. I am not a quarterback's coach. But from what I've seen, this is a really exciting quarterback with a skill set that will fit really nicely into Kyle Shanahan's offense. It opens the offense up in a way that maybe – Kyle Shanahan wasn't able to do before. And that's not a knock on Jimmy Garoppolo. They just have different skill sets. So I think there's lots of reason for excitement. I have no reason to believe he's not the guy, but we won't really know until September 11th and beyond. And he's probably going to have games where he struggles as they all do. You know, he may come out against the bears and just, light it up and be incredible. And we, well, he's lucky. He starts with the Bears, the Seahawks. But, you know, later on the season, he may really struggle. But the Seahawks always get before an hour's trouble. So who's to say, really? But, you know, he may struggle at times. And he probably will because he is essentially a rookie quarterback. He's exactly. His second year, but he's essentially mm-hmm. a rookie quarterback. But he's a rookie quarterback who's going to have George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk and Kyle Shanahan calling plays and Trent Williams and – Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. So he has got to have a lot of things around him and he's going to have a top 10 defense. 
you know, keeping the other team from scoring too many points. So that's going to help as well. But from what I've seen, I think Trey is the guy. And then you brought up press conferences. So I kind of want to go back to something kind of a little bit we were saying before, you know, he came out in OTAs and minicamp and they brought him out in the way you bring out QB one and his mm-hmm. whole meter was different. And he admittedly said last year, I was in a bit of an awkward position. I was the rookie quarterback and I was backup. So I had to be a little bit different and more measured. And we just saw a guy who has the confidence and who does look poised to lead the team. Yeah, definitely. And my question is because we all know the 49ers and this fan base in particular, the goal is always, you know, Super Bowl. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's very ambitious, right? A lot of the time but at least playoffs and especially given the fact that this team is ready to win. And and you said it, they have a lot of, you know, good pieces around Trey Lance. Do you feel like as a first year starter, he's ready to lead this team to playoffs? Is that something that's possible for him? What are your expectations for him in his first year? I would be shocked if this team doesn't go to the playoffs. I mean, I really would. Unless the only caveat I have to that is if, and I don't think they will, but unless they are put themselves in a hole again where they are at a three and five or a four and six or whatever it may be, you know, the part of the reason they were able to get out of that was certainly the team as a whole. And part of the reason was Jimmy because he does have that veteran leadership. That would be maybe the only caveat, but they still have so many other people on this team the Nick Bosa's, the Trent Williams, the Fred Warner's, the George Kittles. I mean, you still have so many other people on this team that have that ability, but I'd be shocked if they didn't go to the playoffs. I mean, look at some of the teams that have gone to the playoffs over the last few years, even before the expanded playoffs last year, where their quarterbacks were not even close to as good as Trey Lance, and their rosters were good, but not 49ers caliber, and they went to the playoffs. So, I think they'll absolutely go to the playoffs. It's a little early for me to decide how far into the playoffs they will go. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> but I would be, <laughs> but I, that would be a little, I mean, I mean, I could just make up things and put, I mean, you, you guys don't hold me to them, but I would be very surprised if this team doesn't make the playoffs. I really would. I would actually go ahead and say I'd be shocked. All right. Yes. Hopefully you're not playing this in January. Like, like you heard it here first. <laughs> she was shocked. And, and, I, and you know what? If that if they don't go to the playoffs, I will stand by the fact that I am shocked. I no, say, I mean, oh, that's that's out. totally fair. That's totally fair. This, I mean, this team has gone to the playoffs, okay, uh, uh, several times in the last few years. And you can say they've gotten better since last year mm-hmm. in a lot of, you know, position groups and – we know that Trey Lance has the higher ceiling just given the fact that, you know, he has a different skill set, right? So mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't think it's that crazy to say. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. Now, another thing I wanted to talk about, you know, another player in particular is, is Debo Samuel before, you know, training camp. It's like a lot has happened with Debo Samuel this offseason, mm-hmm. and thankfully, a lot of that talk has died down for the most part. But there's still this, you know, cloud hanging over our heads or, you know, their mm-hmm. heads as, you know, we wait for an extension. And I mean, the 49ers always slow play extensions, they, they very often happen right around the start of training camp. And so, mm-hmm. th- this is not very surprising, but what I want to ask you, 
Do you think if a deal is not in place before the start of training camp, one week from today, do you think Debo Samuel, you know, participates or like, why are we even talking about this? Do you think there will be an extension before next week? So I, I think we have a very good chance at an extension before next week. I, I really do because I think historically that's what we've seen now kind of the cat caveat is my word of the day, but the caveat I think I have to that is Fred Warner and George Kittle, which are the other extensions we've seen, you know, that have happened around this time, the process and everything around it has been very different and was very different than what happened with Debo. That being said, uh, Debo did attend mandatory minicamp, which I think the fact that he attended to me was less interesting than his demeanor. He didn't participate, but a lot of the you know big stars didn't participate. But he mm-hmm. he felt like a part of the team. You know, when they were doing seven on sevens, eleven, what everything they were doing, he was really excited. And when the offense made a great play, and it wasn't it wasn't for the cameras. First of all, at that point, we aren't a lot of film, so there are you know, so it was it definitely wasn't for that. Even though obviously the Forty Nineers could film, but it wasn't for the cameras. He was genuinely really excited, and he felt like part of the team. So even if an extension is not done, I think he will show up. He may not practice mm-hmm. because, but. I think he could participate in meetings. He may be on the sidelines. I think he'll be there. I think they'll figure out a way to get it done, if not before training camp, somewhere during during training camp. The 49ers want him on this team. And I do think at this point, it feels like just from kind of everything we've seen, Debo is a part of this team and plans to be a part of this team. But we'll see. I mean, I guess they don't have to give him an extension. You know, they yeah. both sides could decide, okay, let's see how the season goes. They don't have to do it. So everybody can play, but it would, here's the other thing I'll say. If they're not, if he's not going to sign an extension, let's pretend the Debo doesn't want to stay on this team and doesn't want to stay in the Bay Area and he wants to go somewhere else entirely. The yeah. best thing Debo can do for Debo is to show up to training camp, be in football shape and have an incredible season. Because then he could get the contract wherever he wants to go. That is really the smartest thing he could do if the decision is made. I really don't want to stay here past this year. Because it will not benefit him to not show up. And I think this is something we see a lot is when guys don't show up and then they finally do and then they get hurt. And that's not something Debo wants because that's already a concern with Debo. So to me, it makes the most sense for him to show up and practice and if he does, in fact, want to stay on this team, I think they get an extension done. And I, I do think they figure it out. And they want him on this team. And I think the other thing is this is the best place for him. I mean, Kyle Shanahan is the absolute yes. best head coach for Debo Samuel. And I think what makes him so unique and the wide back position last year, you know, if that's a concern, I think that's something this year he won't even need to do as much because, again, he's got a different quarterback with a very different skill set, and it's going to change the entire offense. So there are my feelings on that. And, of course, like the 49ers made it a point of emphasis to really bolster their running gra- running mm-hmm. back group as well. I mean, with the uh, with drafting Ty Davis-Price, I think a mm-hmm. lot. It, it might not have been, you know, directly because of Debo, but I think a large 
probably if anything it's a bonus right to have someone like ty davis price and of course jeff wilson jr we can assume he's going to be closer to 100 or 100 you know mm-hmm. compared to last season when he was coming back from his injury so yeah i i totally agree with you on that and i also feel pretty optimistic that an extension will get done before or if not very shortly after the start of training camp so excited for that i mean i'm it's what we've all been waiting for ramping up so Mm -hmm. very excited but all right let's talk about some other um or just other topics on training camp, some camp battles, because, you know, those are always good. So which camp battle, because there, there are going to be several, but which one will you be paying the most attention to? Well, I think the one that really fits everything we've been talking about this far, and that it thus far is center. And mm-hmm. as an extension of that, no, I know we're talking a lot of extensions, you know, right guard, but that center position is huge because as I said before, you have essentially a rookie quarterback going into training camp. As far as we know, unsure who the center is. So what happens there is huge because, and really the offensive line, and we won't really know much about this, of course, till the season starts, but the offensive line generally, especially that interior of the offensive line is a huge thing for this team and for this offense, they will figure it out. But they lose Lake and Tomlinson. Alex Mack isn't coming back. So you know you've got McGlinchey and Williams as your tackles. You know, mm-hmm. assume, but I think we know Aaron Banks will be coming in to replace Lake and Tomlinson. So we'll see how that goes. A guy who didn't play at all last year. Now, Kyle Shanahan said, had they not made the bounce back after three and five, he would have played because he felt that he was ready at that point. We will never know because that didn't happen. But you have that. But at center, is it going to be Brunskill? Is it going to be Jalen Moore? And then what happens there determines who's going to play right guard. So to me, yeah. and it, this is not, it's not the sexiest topic, but to me, the interior of the offensive line is the most interesting thing, or at least one of the most interesting things I think we're going to see at training camp, of course, other than Trey Lance and all of that. But I think it's one of the most interesting things in the biggest position battle because that center position then, it's like a trickle effect for the rest of that line. And that's, that's really important. So that for me is the big one to watch. The other thing that I think is going to be interesting is Trey Sermon. Is it a complete bust? I hate that word, but is it a complete bust or does he make kind of a year to leap? And that rookie class actually, and not to get totally off topic from your question and we can obviously come back, but I do think this year for the 2021 rookie class is, not to overstate it, but it's kind of fascinating. That's yeah. my feeling on that. I feel like you've you've got Trey Lance, obviously. You have Trey Sermon. What happens there? You have Elijah Mitchell, who was so important to this offense. One of his things that was hard for him to stay healthy. So in this offseason, was he able to, to bulk up and train away to get himself really NFL ready to go week in and week out? So there's that. Then over on defense, you have Ambry Thomas, who really made a huge push at the end of the season, who I think really has the potential to end up being a starting corner on this team, if not later this year, the next year. You have Diamador Lenore, who started strong and dropped off. They have more depth at the secondary than ever yes. before. Not everybody's going to make the team. So it's it's all very interesting. But I do think the 2021 rookie class this year to me is somewhat of a fascinating year for them, including yeah. Jalen Moore and Aaron Banks. 
It definitely is, which like, I mean, usually, you know, in a player's second year, we're not like, oh my God, like, I want to see what they, well, we're always wanting to see how they do, but I feel like the almost impatient, you know, mm-hmm. for some of these players, right? Especially Trey Sermon, just because like, mm-hmm. we, we didn't see really anything of him so now it's like okay like you know we're ready to see something out of you so yeah Mm -hmm. definitely someone to pay attention to but so what's another camp battle that maybe people are overlooking that is a very good question you know I think this is something that was talked about a lot kind of uh, during free agency after the 49ers lost K1 Williams. But I do think the yes. Debo Samuel and Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo of it all have kind of overshadowed this. But the nickel corner position becomes very interesting. And not to me just for this season, but beyond. Because you have, let's say, okay, your starting outside corners are going to be Charvarius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley to start the season, most likely. Okay. So then with nickel, you can have Ambry Thomas come in. There may be times where you have Mosley come in there and, and Thomas ends up on the outside. But you also have a number of rookies that are coming in and competing for positions that potentially could end up in that nickel spot. You have Emmanuel Mosley going into a contract year. So is the idea that you are going to try to get more of a look at Ambry Thomas? Are you thinking that he becomes the starter and not to look ahead to 2023, but is he the starter in 2023? And one of these rookies come in at nickel. But to me, that's a really interesting, I don't know if battle is necessarily the word, but it is an interesting position for them to be in. And there's depth there that they have not had, certainly since I've been covering this team and there was a lot of potential in there. And so yeah. that to me is really interesting. And then another one is going to be safety because you of course have Talanoa Hovanga who had an incredible rookie season, but you have Tarvarius Moore coming back. So that's secondary. There's going to be some shifting around and there may not be a clear cut starter in those positions that I, you know, at nickel and at safety, but that could change as the season goes on. But like I said, and I sound like a broken record, but all of a sudden they have depth and options and they didn't have that before. Yeah, and and I think that's going to go a long way as the season starts. And that was a great answer for, like, the most overlooked camp battle because, honestly, I was thinking in my head, what would I say? Like, which which position <laughs> group? And and you said nickel, and I was like, oh, yeah, even I overlooked it right now. So <laughs> Yeah, well, it was such a big deal. Really, it was, like, such a conversation when K1 Williams signed with Denver, and then there's just yeah. so many other things that happened in between. And so it kind of got forgotten about, but – I think it's going to be an interesting one to see. And again, with that 2021 rookie class, I think this becomes a very big camp. I think for Ambry Thomas to establish himself as either, you know, a starting nickel or a starter or future starter. And I think a really big camp for Diamador Lenore, because like I said, he started out strong and really fell off and was not active for quite a few games there at the end. And there's depth there. Does Diamador Lenore make this team? I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, on the topic of depth, and you also mentioned the fact that there could be some shuffling going on and maybe, you know, who ends up the starter week one that could change. Um, You know, I also wonder, and this would be something that I would pay attention to in camp as well, that I'll be keeping an eye on is, you know, they have so much quality depth. Like, 
that it, it would almost be a shame if they started the same two, three guys at those positions the entire season. Like I, I'm almost curious if they will move some of those guys around just based on some of the packages, based on some of the oh, wide they receivers will. they go against. Yeah, I, I would love to see that. And I, th- and I think they will. Guys fresh, you know. Absolutely. And I think I think you can assume that Mosley and Ward, Charvarius Ward, will be your outside yeah. corner starters much of the season. But I think we're going to see movement at nickel. And that's a place that Mosley could slide on into. Mm-hmm. And so I think you are going to see different starters and different packages depending who they're playing against, which I think is, is something that they, the luxury that they'll have that they haven't had in quite some time. Yeah, especially if Jason Verrett is healthy too. It's like right. oh my get gosh. him on the field. Jason, if he's I mean, if Jason healthy. Verrett is healthy, that is an un I mean, that kind of that's a whole other wrinkle. And I hope he can stay yeah. healthy because he is fantastic. I mean, if you have Jason Verrett, in theory, he probably isn't gonna start because they did sign Charvarius Ward. Uh, but if you have Jar like Jason Verrett is a depth guy, but that's an interesting one because if he's healthy and has an incredible camp. Then there are decisions to be made. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'll, I'll be paying attention to that. But um, all right. So a lot of people talk about second year leaps, right? And mm-hmm. and that's totally a thing. And and it something is. that you know we uh, we're excited for this season. We talked about some of the the 2021 class. Um, but I'm curious. Do you think there are any veterans on the team who might have a leap not so much a second year leap obviously but a leap leap from last season okay so uh this it may be obvious because he played he played so well however I am all set for Juwan Jennings to be like a full-on star that is I am set for it I'm here for it I'm in for it, but I I really think he obviously played so well last year when given his opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's going to be such a kind of exciting year for the offense because of the skill set Trey Lance brings with him. But I am set for Jawan Jennings to just be like a star. But another wide receiver who I'm also set to really be like a superstar is Brandon Ayuk. And I want to talk a little bit about Brandon Ayuk because we saw Brandon Ayuk start the season – very up and down and whatever was going on with him and Kyle Shanahan, they got through it. And I think it speaks a lot also to Brandon. Ayuk, the person, not just the player, because a lot of people in his position may have been like, I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm not dealing with this. You know, I being entitled, that's not who he is. And I think what he did in the second half of the season was incredible. So I do think we are going to see Brandon. Ayuk just catapult. Also, as we've seen on social media, He's been working with Trey Lance. They obviously mm-hmm. have a great rapport between the two of them. So he could end up kind of being his number one receiver, his go-to guy. So I think the leaps, no pun intended, is what we're going to see them on the receiving core. But, you know, I'd love to see Juwan Jennings become a star. But I think this is a season where Brandon Ayuk just catapults the next level. Next level. I just see that happening. Well, I mean – for for the viewers, like you guys know, I'm Juwan Jennings Hive, so that answer makes me very happy. I love Juwan and, Jennings; I mean, he's great. Yeah, and Brandon Ayuk as well. I mean, we're we're really excited to see him, like I guess, reach his full potential that you know we kind of always thought he can get there. And I agree; I think Trey Lance is going to be able to unlock like the you know that next level for him. So mm-hmm. yeah, looking forward to both of those guys, and I, I think a leap is due for them. Uh, if I had to give an answer, I would 
maybe say George Kittle, which is crazy because he he had a good season like compared mm-hmm. to like other tight ends. Like he's always good. He's he's a magnificent blocker. He's consistent, right? But I want to see him more involved in the passing game again, or just like a, as a receiver mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And because when he was doing that, like it, it was no question, you know him. It was always like who's who's a better tight end in in the league, Kelsey or Kittle, and mm-hmm. you can really have that discussion, right? I'm sure you can have it now, but you know if he's not involved in the receiving game, it you know you can you can kind of it's leaning towards Kelsey, but I I would really like uh, Kittle to be more involved, and hopefully with Trey Lance again, maybe being able to unlock a little bit of that, you know, mm-hmm. some better blocking happening, maybe. Kittle doesn't have to block as much, hopefully. So we'll see. That, that's one guy that I hope can take it to another level. And then also I will say, and I know I mentioned him earlier, but Emmanuel Mosley is going into a contract year. And if you'll remember last season at the start of training camp, he started on the COVID list and then he had a hamstring injury. And then, um, and then I think there was maybe also a knee thing and then he hurt his ankle in the Seattle game. So he was hurt a lot last yeah. season. When he played, he played well and he played at a high level. And he probably, I think, I don't have these stats in front of me, but I think just from memory, he probably had the fewest DPIs of everything going on in that that secondary. Uh, But I think that is going to be kind of an interesting thing to watch because this is an undrafted free agent who a couple years ago signed a two-year contract with somebody that maybe people didn't expect to even get to that point and now is going into a contract year and when healthy plays at a high level. So if he can stay healthy this year, it will be interesting to see how he progresses. But I also wouldn't be surprised if the Fort Adders looking at Ambry Thomas for that, no matter how well he does. But I still think it's going to be kind of an interesting thing to watch. Yeah, that I mean, that's that's a good point because, like, it's we see it all the time, right? Guys yeah. on their last year that are contract or mm-hmm. on a one-year contract, like, they turn it up. So, yeah, that he can definitely be a guy who, who makes a leap. Now, I want to get into some, you know, fun questions here. So you have, you know, this this cool thing you do on Twitter, your five fun facts. You interview players and, you know, they're they're all great and you've done several. Um, but I'm wondering, out of all the ones that you've done, which one has been your favorite? Oh, that's it. Wow. My dog barked for that one. She was like, I have thoughts. Um, Kathy's like, I have a lot of I thoughts <laughs> for that one. Um, that is a good question. I. Can I pick a few? Does it have to be one? Yeah, yeah. First of all, I think Joe Staley was incredible. Oh, as one would imagine Joe Staley would be. Uh, So Joe Staley was pretty incredible. And here is one of his fun facts. He used to like sell perfume in department stores. It was the person that sprayed you with perfume in department stores, which is kind of an incredible (laughs) image in itself. So that one was great. Jimmy Ward has done it a few times because sometimes I do theme five fun facts and he's always down to do it. And I really appreciate that about him. So he's a great one. K1 Williams was really fantastic. And of course, your guy, Jawan Jennings. Jawan <laughs> Jennings was great. He was just, you know, so fun. And I mean, there have been so many. And actually, I think my most watched is Nick Bosa. And Nick's oh, was yeah. great because it was that understated, like Nick Bosa personality, but it all came across really well. Um, but it was also, and I'll never forget Jimmy Ward's first one. So I think we did this in 2016. And we have done it. Since, like I said, we did like a top Christmas movie one with Jimmy Ward and all kinds of them. But um, I remember in his first one, he said he had a snake 
named Meanie because he's mean. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> That's a fun fact and really just feels right. <laughs> I get that. But all the, but it was funny because there was a pause. It's like, I got a steak named Meanie because he's mean. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't want to meet your mean steak, but thanks a lot. I mean, that sounds so frightening. It's like, I hope yeah. that thing doesn't escape. But that one I thought was fun. And that was really early in me doing it too. So I was not kind of as confident as I am now. Um, and then, you know, I don't know. There have been some good ones. Jimmy Garoppolo's was great. And people like were very excited about it. But I think those first few I mentioned uh, really were good. And I love Trey Lance's because he laughed at my really bad joke where I said, <laughs> you guys, it's five fun facts and with number five. So it makes sense. And he laughed. And then I appreciated that. <laughs> Well, okay. Going back to, you said Joe Staley, he, he mm-hmm. used to be, you know, one of those people that would, you know, spray perfume. Yeah. Um, I would just like, if he ever sprayed perfume, at, like I would just have to buy whatever he's selling. You'd have, like, to. He You'd have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> he's like Absolutely. so tall. Like I, I'd be just so like intimidated, but also like very, he's like a teddy bear, you know, like I'd yeah. be like, yes, of course I'd buy from you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I think, yeah, it. you'd have to, you'd have no choice. <laughs> Absolutely. You'd have no choice. <laughs> yeah. Those are great. Well, and for those of the viewers who haven't watched that, where, where could they find those? They're all on either YouTube or our website. So they're either on the fangirl sports network, YouTube or on FGSN.com. And if you just put five fun facts in the search tool, they will all come up. Yeah. I mean, there's I've done them at this point. I've done them with almost everybody. I do them with the rookies at rookie mini camp every yeah. year. Um, but I've done them with almost everybody on that team. Yeah. Some it's like, people it's have like done a, it twice. It's a tradition now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see though. Yeah. It's really fun too. Cause you get to know the players and mm-hmm. I don't know it. I, I like that. Keep it up. Keep doing those. Love oh, don't it. you worry. I will. <laughs> All right. Next fun question, because we're, you know, we're gearing up to, towards uh training camp, right? So of course. my question is, whose rookie hype machine are you looking forward to the most this season? Oh, that is a really, that is a really good question. I think Danny Gray. Danny Gray. There, he was a great five fun facts. I really liked his five fun facts, which is honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. It's how I judge most of these things. Um, so I mean, I, I so there's still a bias and his five fun facts was great. So I'm going with Danny Gray though. Yeah. I kind of think Drake Jackson's might be really good too, but because Danny Gray was so good in the five fun facts, I think he may surprise us because okay. Drake Jackson feels like more the obvious choice. It does. Yeah. Like I, I just yesterday saw a video of him doing a backflip and I was like, wow. Okay. Definitely I know that was one kill. of his fun facts. And he I was like, I, I would love for you to do one here, but we're doing this on concrete and I'm not going to be responsible for that. So we're not going to have you do it, but um, that's a good point. He might do a backflip though. That sounds very dangerous. But, but then I feel, I almost feel like a dark horse candidate would be Spencer Burford. Like, Oh, he seems, sure. he just looks like he, you know, he, he might yes. have some good dance moves. He might surprise he might, you. He might bring tacos. <laughs> the the one that like everyone always does the worm at some point so uh-huh. i feel like whoever does the worm that's my favorite right there that's fair that's classic totally fair. move classic yeah that is that is the classic high <laughs> machine move all right well we're getting close to an hour here and you know one thing i've really wanted to talk about we we've all talked about the 49ers stuff the training camp and and i appreciate all of your thoughts on that but more than anything like i really wanted to 
you know, talk about how you got started as a 49ers, you know, content creator to now, you know, being a beat writer with credentials and, you know, tell us how you got to where you are now. So when I started Fangirl Sports Network, originally it was 49ers Fangirl. And I think you know the stuff you were on our the original podcast, Talking Touchdowns. And I really wanted to create a place with content for women by women. And for for women to feel empowered, to for women to feel like the content was speaking to them and not at all in a condescending way. But right. as a female sports fan, I do like the lifestyle aspect, aspect of sports. I like five fun facts. I like to know what athletes are in the community. I like to know kind of what life is like beyond the field. I like funny memes. Like all of these things are, you know, a lot of what we do. I wanted to highlight when women in the industry. So it started with the 49ers. We expanded from there. And with the Niners, I really just kind of built up your relationship. I did a, a lot of coverage of their community events. I have a background in politics and in philanthropy. So what they were doing in the community was very interesting to me because that was my background. And I think what the 49ers do in the community is got to be as good as any organization, the NFL. And I think tied with, and I know these, this might make me seem biased, but the Dodgers are, are another organization that do incredible work in the community and both have won multiple awards and both are kind of the gold standard of, um, you know, team foundations and community work. So it started with me, you know, covering the team kind of on my own. And then I just, I did start to cover all of their community work and I was going to events and I really enjoyed doing it. And then started going to a couple of training camp practices and I think really just kind of worked my way up and, and proved myself to them. And, and they gave me the opportunity and started to credential me. And it's, it's been a fantastic experience. And I always say that somewhere my 11 year old self is like dying uh, because she's like, wait, what? That is so cool. And so I think there, that's really what it was, but it came from a love of what I was doing, you know, a love of community, a love of covering the team and, and just kind of grew from there. And I feel really, you know, happy that they gave me that opportunity. And I definitely had to work for it and prove myself, but um, it's now been, this will be my, I believe seventh season credentialed wow. covering the team, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. And time, flies. time definitely flies. Um, I started for Aaron Spangirl in 2015 and then it was in 2016 that I started to be credentialed. I didn't go to every game, um, but I was starting to be credentialed and then it just kind of grew from there. But yeah, this will be season seven, which is so crazy. And I remember, the first day in the media workroom when I had on my cubicle, my little name with my outlet, I like kind of teared up a little bit. because I was like, this is really cool. And when they awesome. gave me my badge and the credentials. So it's, it's been an incredible experience. And I feel lucky also to cover a team that is so focused on empowering women. And um, I've been really lucky and I'm on a great beat. I'm really lucky with this beat. I don't know what other beats are like, but we have such a supportive beat and we we all get along we're friends we hang out on the road everyone's very funny it happens to be a very comedian <laughs> uh, so it's it's been a lot of fun but yeah that's kind of how it all all it all came to be yeah I mean I must say like the 49ers and maybe I'm biased but like I feel like the 49ers have such a great group of of beat writers and I, I think we're we're so fortunate and, you know, appreciate all the work that you and, and all the rest of them do. Um, but yeah, like, I feel like a lot of people don't know, like you are 
NOG of like okay. 49ers Twitter and like <laughs> 49ers content. And you've been doing this for such a long time and even before you got credentialed, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, I feel like in a way, like you broke some barriers that, you know, people are trying to get into, you know, being a credentialed, um, you know, beat writer now. And I think there's like, there's always been a bit of a, a taboo in journalism that like, you can't really be like a fan of the team you cover. Right. And I think like you are proving that, you know, that's not really the case. You can still be like really professional and, mm-hmm. and be a great beat writer while also having, you know, a bunch of love and passion for the team that you cover. Right. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I appreciate that. And, and also again, like, I feel like there's a lot of other people, you know, like myself, you know, uh, I mentioned Brad, you know, Jason, mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of us who are trying to, you know, do what you've done. So, I mean, thank you for, you know, leaving footsteps and you know in sand a little bit for us and and hopefully we can get to where you are today um thank you yeah and and of course like as as a woman in sports mm-hmm. i mean it's it's a it's a huge deal and i think what you've done with your with your sports network and your website has been awesome as well thank you Seth. um so i just got to give you your flowers i mean you know Thanks. for everyone watching like if you guys have not tuned in to um tracy's content it's incredible um it goes beyond just the five fun facts i mean those are mm-hmm. great but you know you do way more than that so yeah for anyone watching you know go ahead and tune in and i mean let us let them know where they can find all of your content so you can find everything at fgsn.com so if you went there you would find everything but kind of just to give you guys an idea of everything we have going on right now we have a get my job podcast where every week i sit down with a woman in sports in a variety of positions because i really want to highlight how many of the opportunities there are for women in sports from you know all over the place so we do that i have the tracy sandler show podcast which is a you know sports and lifestyle podcast we talk mainly 49ers and Dodgers uh, because those those are my loves. But I'm like one of the very few, but those are my loves. But we do a lot of, you know, uh, lifestyle stuff. We've had Claire Kittle and Christian check on. I've had Emma Kittle on. So it's been a lot of fun. Uh, so we do that. And then, yes, there's the five fun facts. And, you know, if you were to go to the Fangirl Sports Network Instagram, which I would highly uh, encourage everyone to do, every Monday we do Community Monday. And we highlight the work athletes are doing in the community because I just think that's so important. Every Wednesday we do five fun facts. And it's not just on 49ers. It's on uh, irrelevant athlete or storyline of the week. On Fridays we have our Friday Five, your top five things to know going to the weekend. So we really just have a lot of really fun content, a lot of original memes. So check it out. I'm really proud of what we've done and it's been exciting and it's been kind of just even for me, like cool to watch it grow and evolve. And, um, I've really enjoyed it. So thank you. And thank you for those kind words. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it, it's been such a pleasure having you on and, and talk 49ers. And, and of course it's been awesome to like, you know, watch the, the growth of your network as well. So, um, congrats on, on everything you've accomplished and congrats on seven years being a, uh, you know, credentialed, uh, 49ers media member. Thank you um, very much. And, and I will see you at training camp. Yay, I can't sure. wait. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to training camp and thank you all for watching and tuning in. And as always have a good rest of your night. Peace.